You're listening to episode 132 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Guys, I uh, I have a confession to make. What's up, bud? I'm a fraud. I'm a complete fraud. Well, we all- knew that. Sure, but what's your confession? So all this time, I thought the MCU was like Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, X-Men, X-Men 2, Ghost Rider. Did not know that there were all these other movies that had come out apparently over the last 11 years. And I just watched Avengers Endgame and boy was I confused. I don't know any of these characters. <laughs> See, this this would have been the bit to do last week instead of that flush down the toilet shit we did. Cause it's called Flush Down the Jam. It's a podcast within a podcast where I review the bathrooms I go to in Europe. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, this would have been better than that because it's funnier, but also because... We just did a review, and you were on it, so we know that you have seen I lied the whole time. <laughs> how could you lie about information? How could you How could you have information you don't have? Sparknotes. Yeah, dude. I Sparknotes it, and I went to all my sources, and like, guys, I need to BS my way through this book report. That means that you're, you're double lying, though, because you just said you weren't even aware that the movies existed. So how could you lie and get information about them if you didn't even know that they were real? I know about this movie two weeks ago when I went back in time and lived out my full life. Guys, I'm calling it out. This is bullshit. Phil is a scroll. This is not (laughs) Phil. All right. All right, motherfuckers. It's out. I am a scroll. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to move on with the show. (laughs) Uh, Welcome, scroll. You can't be any worse than the real Phil. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to everyone, the scrolls of the world, the... uh, the turfs, everyone. We we appreciate. No 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 no. Not the turfs. Turf. No turfs welcome here. Thank you we, very much. We appreciate everyone. Everyone's welcome. What about inclusivity, Kale? Okay. Turfs are the exact opposite of inclusivity. What about us being inclusive? Okay. That does not extend to turfs. Doesn't sound very inclusive, Kale. You cannot. You must be. Ah, damn it! How does that go? You must be. Intolerant of not of no tolerance. Well, intolerant of tolerance. I'm intolerant yeah. of your lack of tolerance. How about that? Hey, Kale. if we're letting turfs in here, I'm out. All right, turfs, come right in. <laughs> no, 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 no. If that's all it takes to get rid of Kale, let's go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, I want to get rid. Of, I want to get rid of Kale as much as the next guy, but that's not the way to do it, Sean. We could just kill him. Fucking, all fucking right. take Mar- take Marco and do my bathroom podcast. <laughs> Flush down what? the jam. Flush. <laughs> I got it, yo. Can we level set onto what turfs is? Because I, I don't know what it is. Turfs are trans exclusionary oh, radical okay, feminists. Cool. All right, all right. I just want to make sure we're cool, on the same page. Huh? Cool, huh? <laughs> cool that we're on the same page. I just want to make sure I'm talking about yeah. the right thing. Flush yeah, down the jam! Flush down the jam! <laughs> Gonna go ahead and flush that one down. Just so we're all on the same page, I was only joking. I don't want to get any mail, you know, from the But furries, you're totally welcome. Now, hey, yeah, totally furries allowed. are yeah, legit. Open door. Revolving door. 
Dude, I opened that door wide open when we talked about Sonic Sonas on, like, the third episode of VGP, and Thompson's Twitter timeline has never been the same. He has, like, 40 fur- furry followers now. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so today is free comic book day. That's pretty cool. Woo! But obviously, only for us, for you guys, you're listening to this, you've already forgotten what comic books are, because that's what happens during the week. Um, <laughs> mine, uh, mine is actually next week. Oh, France. Oh, really? Yeah, the eleventh. Oh, so cool. question: Is that does France just have their own like free comic book day, and it's always the second week of May, or that I don't know about? But they do have a lot of like French specific titles. They do have a lot of uh, band dessinée uh, titles that they do give out. Do you get any of the same books that we get? I don't. Know, I haven't been there yet. Okay, interesting. They're all they're all just Papi Le, uh, Le Pew books. Okay, cool. That's really, really, really uh, prejudice. A surprising <laughs> amount of uh, a surprising amount of Ducktales. All right, oh, that's cool. All right. <laughs> some at some point, if we ever have uh, Jess on the show, she can tell you some of the really interesting stuff about Ducktales here. Apparently, Disney is just like they don't give a shit. They pretty much do whatever they want. All right, cool. So, before we dive into the show, I do want to let you guys know where you can find us on the internet. Uh, if you are a scroll or, you know, the other thing, I won't say it again. Furry. Um, a f- <laughs> yeah, yeah, furry. We furry, all know what whatever. you're talking about, Sean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. I think scrolls are worse, right? Than turfs? Whoa, no. hey, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm pretty chill, even though I haven't seen an MCU movie before. Yeah, no, I'm with Kale on this one. There are definitely not shitty squirrels. (laughs) Thank you. I guess. Yeah. Look at that guy at the end of uh, Captain Marvel, man. He's just trying to save his family. That's true. All right. Fair enough. Uh, So we are on most podcast hosting platforms, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, you know, whatever you prefer. Uh, we are at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold, and you can write to us at the Comics Pals at gmail.com if you want to talk about your thoughts on, you know, Avengers Endgame or what you did for Free Comic Book Day, what your haul was like. You know, did you buy more comics on Free Comic Book Day than you normally would to support your local store? Uh, you should. Yeah, yeah, you should. Of course you should. Um,. What is this sarcasm? <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. Um, is it is it the twelve hour long debate he's been on on Murphy's Facebook page? I I have nothing against the notion, and certainly nothing against Matt. I just feel like you should let people do what they're gonna do. You know, I'm not. Shit, all right. I'm not in this. I didn't even see this beef. I haven't. It's been not on a beef. Media. It's not a beef. There's no. There's no beef. Um, it's like a ro- it's like a roast beef. You put it on like a sandwich, real thin beef. Okay. I'm just generally exhausted with social media right now, I think. I I feel that. Yeah, Yeah, I hear that. Would you guys pick me up a copy of The Tick? No. Sure. (laughs) I I, I will, Kale, yes. Okay. I still have to send you that patch I bought from Betty Felon. Oh, yeah, thank you. So you're going to send a patch and a comic to Luxembourg. How much is this going to cost you? $90. Five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. All right, so now the next question is, is Kale worth $5 to you? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, 
I'm I'm not even worth five dollars to me. I don't. I can't imagine what Pete would price me at. <laughs> he's a, he's a cheap date. Fair enough. Uh, so as I said, it is free comic book day. Uh, and I'm in this spirit of talking about comics. Like we've been talking so much about the <laughs> movies, and you know, it's just been a lot lately, right? And I feel like comic books have just fallen under the, under the radar. So today we're going to talk a lot about comics. And specifically, I want to start with something that the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics recently had to say. Now, of course, I'm talking about Akira Yoshida. He recently talked about how Marvel was going to release the next comic that would sell a million copies. Now that's a bold claim. That's a, a bold pretty, pretty bold claim. Yeah. Can we speculate uh, very over confident. what it is? Sorry? Can we speculate over what it is? Well, that's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly what yeah. we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So so a friend of mine, uh, artist Dan McDade, speculated that it was would be uh an MCU tie-in set of books. Okay. All right. That's a place to start. That's uh, a. I think that's a good theory. Yeah. Popcorn Marco. Um, I was gonna say Fantastic Four, but then, uh, that's a better. That that's happened. a better theory, right? And it already happened. So uh, I was thinking on my feet. Um. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I tried. Popcorn, uh, Sean. <laughs> uh, see, <laughs> my my version of this little game is where we guess. <laughs> Oh, really, so this isn't the game? <laughs> really bad versions of what could sell a million copies. I'm glad you I said mean, that listen, because I already have one ready. Does C.B. Sabolsky know what's going to sell a million copies? No, right? No, he doesn't. All due respect, you know, Akira Yoshida, great guy. He doesn't I mean, know what's going to sell a million copies. That does not sound like all due respect. <laughs> you can't predict this kind of thing, right? I mean, it's tough to no. do. So... I think instead of trying to predict something that actually makes sense, we should just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I feel like that's kind of what goes on these days. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. I believe in my heart of hearts that Marvel will license a full ongoing of the Comics Pals as a comic book series. Yeah. That would definitely sell a million copies. Oh, look at all these pancakes get gobbled up. Yum, 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 yum. That's right. (laughs) Now, which character says that? (laughs) It's definitely Marco. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just just checking. (laughs) These are some delicious pancakes. Nom, 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 nom. And then Sean goes, I've never had a pancake. (laughs) Fact. No, that's not a fact. I'm lying. (laughs) That would be that would be insane, right? You hit me with that, and I was just like, I don't know if he's kidding or not. I really don't. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. <laughs> Pete, when when you walk into a room, your word balloon will be come in first, and then you'll enter. <laughs> I'm, and it's always like the the spiky like, yeah, lines yeah, yeah, to yeah. signify that someone's yelling. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I think I think it's gonna be a comic called the one. So it's good. they're gonna go deep into the new general market, which is like minority driven, right? They're gonna go into these kinds of characters where they open up the possibilities for other people of color and the first title they're gonna drop is called Mr. Mariachi and it's gonna be about a skeleton a skeleton mariachi band that goes around and performs for undead parties. Marcus is proofing ideas that he's come up with. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. a comic. <laughs> that, that, I feel like that was what? a pitch. <laughs> that sounds dope as fuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my panels people on that. <laughs> I think their million dollar, million dollar, as well as million copies book that they're going to release is going to be the crossover hit of uh, Northrop Grumman and the CIA, uh, you know, militarization books that they're uh, trying to shove off on everybody. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My man went off. <laughs> So I want to ask you guys, what do, do wait, you? Wait, wait, I didn't get to say. Oh, mine. okay. Well, go ahead. So I think the best way to achieve one million copies, right, is clearly to try to hit, uh, like Marco said, kind of a wider market, right? And I think, given Mr. Yoshida's expertise uh, about the East, releasing an international comic <laughs> seems like a really good way to do it. So I was thinking it would be uh, the many adventures of Akira Yoshida. <laughs> and it would be the story of how he has to live this double life and, you know, half the time he's, you know, just a mild-mannered American comic book writer. And then the, by night, he's Akira Yoshida and he jumps in to this crazy, like, mech suit and he teams up with a bunch of, like, Power Ranger knockoffs that Kale would really like. And I don't know. I just, I mean, to me, that seems like a million-dollar idea. You call Check it Ronin. Guys. Oh yeah, Ronin! It's a reboot of Ronin. Perfect. Guys, I think I think Pete and Bessie should edit that book because he's our resident East Master. I, yeah, I mean nobody knows the East like I do, so <laughs> that's you and Akira. So <laughs> my question for you guys is do you happen to know the last well we'll say the last Okay, so the last official book to sell over a million copies is DC Nation number zero, which came out last year, but that doesn't count because it was 25 cents. Um, the last, like, legitimate, normal-priced comic. In the in the tweet, didn't he say it was uh, Star Wars? I wanted to see if the guys who hadn't read the tweet knew the answer. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, the answer is Star Wars. So Okay, that makes sense. That leads to my answer, which is obviously uh, it has to be a Star Wars crossover with Marvel. So Star Wars X oh, Avengers. Oh, no. Oh, Sean, you're probably right. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait are, you, are you not excited about that? No, that's such a dumb idea. I don't know. I'd like to see uh, a lightsaber fight between Luke and uh, Go on. Captain America or something. No, I don't want that at all. Cap's worthy. You know, he could also wield the lightsaber. Yeah. Probably be pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, oh, and I then think... we can answer the question. What it will the will Nolnir uh, uh, be chopped in half by a lightsaber? Oh. <laughs> 
Will Cap's shield be chopped in half? By oh, Lance there you go. See, That's a good what's question. stronger? I think uh, we're will, almost there. Will, will Cap be chopped in half by a lightsaber? Yes. Only time can tell. I, I think <laughs> here's a better question. Would Deadpool, because it would immediately cauterize the wound, so he couldn't just pull his legs back on. He'd have to like wait for his whole body to regrow. That'd be a bitch. Pete. Pete, I'm glad you said that. This is the kind of irreverent shit I'm looking for. I think, Sean, you were close. It's actually going to be a Marvel Family Guy Star Wars crossover. <laughs> shit. The Blue Har- oh, so it's Blue Harvest? But with Marvel. Interesting. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Uh, so, <laughs> we're going to jump into our pals pulls now. Sent a shiver up my spine. Jesus. Oh, Peter. <laughs> I, I genuinely hope that every single one of us was wrong. Parker. Oh, Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking sweet, Uncle Ben. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I hate it so much. Hey, y'all, look, it's me. I'm the Green Goblin. Whooshing around on my glider, throwing out these pumpkin bombs. Wee! <laughs> All right. So from from Marco, we've got She Could Fly, Lost Pilot, number two. Uh, so I've brought this, I've brought this book up uh, in the past. It's a burger book. Um, it's written by Christopher Cantwell and drawn by Martin Marazzo, uh, who's an Italian artist. Uh, I mentioned he's he's uh, I'm a fan of his just because of his style, um, and this is a really cool book that they've uh, was originally a, mi- a mini series, and then they've uh, brought upon this like sort of this uh, other arc. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to jump in into it, so I'm excited um, for when it's collected, so I can finish up uh, this I guess continuation of the story. Awesome, cool. Uh, you also chose the freeze volume one. Yeah, so the freeze is by Dan Wicklin and uh, Philip Sevy. Philip, I have actually interacted with uh, in the past. Uh, I backed one of his Kickstarters where he was the artist for um, a book called The House. Uh, and he's a really cool dude. I met him at New York Comic Con uh, the last time we went. And yeah, so I'm excited to support him as, as a creator. Cool. From Pete, we've got a couple of free comic book day offerings. Uh, Hope number one. Yeah, I wanted to pick this one just to give a shout out to our boy uh, Dirk Manning, <clears throat> as well as uh, the artist Kalen Smith, who um, have both been real good to us. And um, you know, Hope is uh, a book that's been real well, re- excuse me, really well received. Um, so if you want to get a chance to get a, a taste of it, if maybe you've heard one of our interviews with Dirk, but you've never checked out some of his work, um, now's a chance to get it for free. And even if you didn't get it on free comic book day, there's often leftovers of some of these books. So maybe go to your shop this Wednesday and see if they've got any leftover that you can snag. I mean, listen, it's a Dirk Manning book. That that book ain't, is, uh, it ain't going to be there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, you definitely run that risk. It's also really good. And I think that based on the, the cover, um, it looks like the kind of book that I could see families wanting to pick up for their kids um but it's not it's not like a kid's book or anything it's actually very much not a kid's book but hey nothing wrong with kids reading it certainly uh and then you also chose spider-man venom number one yeah this one caught my attention um i've definitely ever since uh spider-verse i've been kind of like 
interested in jumping on and checking out uh, Saladin Ahmed's Miles stuff that he's been doing. And um, I know that this book has like kind of a jumping on point for the next big arc. Um, so I, I figured I'd give it a shot. And then the, there's a Venom story in there uh, by Donny Cates, which I don't really know if I'm interested in reading a Venom monthly, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a taste. I'm in a Spider-Man kind of mood lately. Well, Saladin's Miles run so far is very good. And yeah, yeah, I know you said you really liked it. Yeah, it's only like a it's like a handful of issues in. Yeah, because it only started what a couple months ago, right? Like I I can't even be what's even six. It's like five maybe? issues. It's like yeah, four or five. I could yeah. easily catch up. So yeah, I figured I'd I'd check this out and see if it like if I was interested, if it grabbed me, if I liked the tone of it. I I think I might you know go back and see if I jump on and. What I'm thinking, I like just rewatched Spider Verse the other day for the first time, uh, and I was just like, "Man, yeah, I, I think I'm in the mood for that book." Awesome. Um, Phil chose War of the Realms: Journey into Mystery number two. Have not read proper War of the Realms at all. Don't know if I have any interest in it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if that it's that I don't have any interest in it. It's just uh, haven't touched it, but this book is written by the good boys, the McElroy brothers, plus Dad. Um, it's kind of got the Young Avenger kind of thing going on with a high fantasy element. Uh, the first issue is pretty good. Uh, I want to see more, and I want to support those good, lovable brothers. So, definitely going to pick this up. Awesome. And then I chose Batman and the Outsiders. So, uh, number one. So this is the new Batman and the Outsiders run by Brian Edward Hill, who we recently had on the show. Right. Uh, this this was teased in Detective Comics, his his run on Detective Comics, which was like five issues. It was really just set up for this story. And this book was supposed to be out a while ago, but um, it was taken off the solicitation and they had to go back and, you know, rework something or other. And now it's officially coming out. So I'm really excited about this book. Uh, Marco, you were also interested, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that I, I want to pick up as well. Uh, Edward Hill is a dope writer, and uh, definitely want to pick this up. Yeah, I I have high hopes for this series because Brian seems to get Batman at least based on the five issues. He he really had a good a good handle on Batman and on these characters. So I am super excited. And the artist is Dexter Soy on this book. Are you familiar with him at all? I've seen him in other stuff. I just can't think of anything. Yeah, it's not a name I recognize, so I was wondering if maybe there was something that I would have I would have known him for. What about you, Marco? Do you are you familiar? No, I just Googled who he who he was. It looks like he might have some Captain Marvel stuff. So up and comer. Okay. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds, sounds maybe hard. maybe this is the first big thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously a big opportunity. So let's do let's do a little bit of news. We said that we were gonna be talking, you know, more comics this week, and we're leading off with what I think is a big a big story, especially for a time where it's very obvious that everybody is steering clear of Avengers Endgame, even in its second week, except for the movie studios that were dumb enough to put movies out against it, which are being completely dominated right now. Absolute do have, fools. Do we have any uh, examples of what those movies are? Oh shoot! Yeah, uh, 
three movies actually came out. Uh, Long Shot by Lionsgate, The Intruder by Sony, and Ugly Dolls by SXT. Um, there. What are th- <clears throat> what are three movies that no one will ever remember? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what they are. Never heard of them, and they have super generic names. I'm with you. The Intruder. Uh, this is totally off topic, but The Intruder actually seems really interesting. It's this movie about a guy, some dude, some white dude who sells his property to a black family, but he keeps hanging around even after he sold it, and telling them what they can and can't do with their property. It's like a horror movie or a psychological thriller or whatever. Um, but. In any event... Uh, Sounds like colonialism. <laughs> it does. Sounds like a bad week to put out your movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, we've got a, a, a an artist jumping ship from Marvel over to DC. So, this I'm, I'm dubbing the Brian Michael Bendis effect. David Marquez has signed an exclusive contract with DC. Now... If you're not familiar with who he is, that might not sound like a big deal, but David Marquez is the artist behind Civil War II, and he worked on that with Brian Michael Bendis. David Marquez really hasn't been in the industry for all that long, and he's already had you know some high-profile work over at Marvel. He was exclusive with them, like I said, for five years, and um, he is a tremendous talent. I don't know if you guys got to see much of Civil War 2 and you know most people don't really like it, but the art on that book is some of the best art I think I've ever seen in a comic. And My praise. Yeah, it, it's really amazing like just right now while I'm rapping, pull up some pages. It's a beautiful book. And so He's jumping ship to work with Joshua Williamson on Batman Superman. That's a historically a pretty good book. Yeah, absolutely. It's, not, it's obviously a seller, too. Right, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, like, it, it's just funny, because like you said, Sean, like, you know, for him not being around that often, or not that often, um, that long, I should say, like, his his highlights at Marvel are, like, some of their biggest books. So, like... I can understand why he'd want to jump ship, especially if the opportunity is to do a Batman Superman book. Like, that's, that's like, like, A, like Phil said, that's a big title, and it hasn't, like, when's the last time we had one of those? It's been away for a little while, hasn't it? A little while. Not like a long time, but a couple years, right? Greg Pak run that was still going on in 2016, so... Yeah. Yeah. So that's like three years. That's a pretty good amount of gap. So like you gotta imagine that this book is like obviously the names itself is always gonna make it a draw, but there will probably be renewed interest around it because it's like oh yeah, like it's coming back, you know. So that seems like a huge opportunity for him. Well, but also I mean the art is dope as fuck, so people are gonna pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like it just seems like a win-win, you know. Like. Why wouldn't he be ready to jump ship when he's already done Avengers and Fantastic Four and like, you know, now he gets to do Superman and Batman together? He he had this to say about uh, why he's making the move. I've been very fortunate that in a relatively short career, I'd been able to work on some big projects. When I heard the possibility of working with DC, I wasn't sure I wanted to do more work for higher stuff after wrapping up with Marvel. They really kind of had to sell me on the idea of doing the series. 
that I'd be able to build it from the ground up and also that it was actually a meaningful big project were really important factors. In terms of the characters involved and the role it plays in the broader DCU and its involving narrative, working with Josh, who's one of the biggest writers there, these reasons sold me on the idea of doing this book. If it wasn't all of those unique characteristics all together for one project, I probably wouldn't be doing work for higher stuff right now. So that's pretty interesting that a guy who, who really built a name for himself over at Marvel was ready just after those five years to go do his own stuff. But he was swayed by, according to him, a pretty interesting pitch and an opportunity to kind of shoot to the top. Well, you're DC. obviously a very big fan of Joshua Williamson, right? Oh, yeah. His Flash run is phenomenal. I stand by that. So um, there's probably a lot of potential here. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I do want to talk about what Batman Superman is going to be, and we can we can talk about all this at once. So essentially, um, I'm just going to read Williams' words on what this is going to be. We discover through the Batman Who Laughs series that the Batman Who Laughs has been working on this massive plan since Dark Knight's Metal. He has sleeper agents throughout the DC Universe. They've been infected, and they're slowly turning into the worst versions of themselves. Some of them know they're changing, some don't. Some aren't aware it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde situation where they're not aware of what the other side is doing. This is happening to six people. We've been calling them the new Secret Six who have been turned. But who could be turned? Who are they? Batman and Superman have to go out and figure it out. But that means spying on other heroes, friends, allies. We talked about the end of the thing, where it's the two of them, and they're like, it could be you, it could be me. But now we have to work together. So that's actually pretty interesting. And he goes on to talk about how this is sort of a lead-in to a much bigger story that's being told at DC. Um... But it all sort of spins out of Batman Who Laughs, which of course spins out of Dark Knight's Metal. Is this an interesting pitch for you guys as a total package, a creative team, plus the concept? Heroes in Crisis 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. No, come on. <laughs> Hero, Heroes in Crisis 2, the better one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a better title. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think this sounds like a pretty good pitch just because I think the story plays well to the strengths of what I think like a good Batman Superman story should probably be, which is like a story that has stakes, obviously, but one where like there will be natural tension because I think Batman and Superman would approach this problem differently. You know, Batman doesn't have a problem surveilling friends and allies and, you know, whatever, like Superman probably would, you know? So like, I think there's, the fact that, they, like they said, there's already that possibility that either one of them could be one of these people too. There's going to be kind of built-in tension that, you know, they'll either have to overcome or will succumb to and will push the story in another direction. It feels like no matter what, there's a lot of just baked-in drama that particularly for these two characters and their dynamic will work really well. And aside from the fact that it's a great creative team, like, it just seems like a tight pitch in general, you know? I definitely agree. Like, I, I the story sounds really strong, but what sold me, just the creative team. I, I know I, Joshua Williamson is 
uh, like his nail biter stuff. I love that. Um, sure. I, I, yeah. I've been hearing really good things about Flash, and I know you speak really highly of it, Sean, and that's something, a book that um, I think is on the, the DC uh, Universe app that I'm, I'm going to start reading because uh, I need to catch up on that. And yeah, uh, I, I took a look at David Marquez's art, and it's sick. So sold just off those guys. That's that's great, and and just on the note of Flash, um, it, it is pretty deep into its run, but I started with number one, having read a total of zero Flash comics prior, and I wasn't lost. So I think you'll be, cool. I think you'll be all right oh, cool. if you do want to take that plunge. He does a yeah. great job of like establishing what Flash is, why he's important, and all that kind of stuff. So I think. This is a great run to jump on with, but I'm glad you're into this. That's that's really cool that this sort of, you know, appeals to you on some level. When is this coming out? So, I don't think this has an official like release. Mm, that's a bummer. But um, yeah, definitely want to look out for it. This sounds like it's going to be good. I'd be down to to at least review the first issue on the show for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna be all over this. Sounds good. The covers are nice, too, if you guys uh, have the opportunity to check it out. Very nice. I'm going to move on, and we're going to talk about the sales of comics in 2018. So every year, ICV2 and Comicron get together, and they you know figure out the total sales of comics for the year. And they combine the sales of every, you know, every way that comics make money. You know, there are lots of ways now through bookstores, through proper comic shops, digitally. You know, they, they take all that together and they figure out what the amount is the comics made for the year. And according to them, comic book sales hit their highest ever of all time in 2018. Hmm. Hmm. Very, very fast. Yeah, that's fascinating news. Because, um, you know, I think we often talk about how it feels like comics are struggling to find the path forward in in this, like, kind of in-between period of, like, the direct market, you know, and its explosion in the 90s and then, like, kind of the digital, the kind of inevitable digital future. Um, that's interesting, the fact that, like, overall, though... It's actually on the upswing, like in a in a like significantly observable and significant way. If yeah, I I'm, go ahead, I, I was just gonna say I'm I'm curious to see um, I guess the breakout between actual volume compared to sales, just because it could also just be a thing of they're just charging more for for the books, and that's why the sales are necessarily higher. That's what um, I thought. Well, it has to be that on some level, right? Because like, right, which is why I'm in, saying like it'd be it'd be interesting to see that like yeah, bro- broken what the, out. What the difference is adjusting for inflation. That too. There, there is a little bit of of book cooking, and we'll get to that. But if I told you that the comic book industry was a billion dollar industry, would you believe that? Yeah, I would. The the comic book industry? Yeah. I I don't know. Not not on its face. Not without uh, if, like if you just told me that, I don't think I would. Yeah. Like just comics. Like literally just the sale of comics. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nah. I 
I I think I think it could be. Yeah. So, in fact, in 2018, sales were sales to consumers uh, were 1.095 billion, which was an 80 million dollar increase over 2017. Huh. I, yeah, wow. I believe that because that's you know. Marvel, MDC, and Image, and the next ten publishers plus the Pocket guys. Like, yeah, there's there's money in comics for sure. It's just spread out. <laughs> so, Milton Grepp, I guess, who works for ICV2 and uh, Comicron's John Jackson Miller, they they do this every year, and they they talked a little bit about where this is coming from. So, uh. Miller said, after a brief downturn in 2017, the market bounced back last year. Popular releases helped right the ship in comic shops, even as other sales avenues made significant gains. Uh, Milton said, a historic shift is playing out as the market grew primarily in the book channel in 2018. Mm. While comic stores are still the largest channel, they represented less than half of the market for comics and graphic novels in 2018 for the first time in at least three decades. That's crazy. That's cool. So the article by ICV2 goes on to talk about how digital sales were up for the first time in several years. Uh, how What's the percentage were... breakdown of that? Did they say? So the, like there's how much of the market is that? There is a uh, there is a uh, a gallery that you can check out if you click the uh, the article link, and it shows you the breakdown of all of this stuff, and it's really interesting. So they include Kickstarter and stuff like that into this, which okay. makes it. A little bit interesting because that's a whole I mean it's not a it's not an entirely new market, it's been around for a few years. But prior to right now, like this article and how they break it down, I would never have thought to include Kickstarter in this. But it makes sense. Do you feel like that's kind of playing with it a little? No, not at all. I th- that's definitely where I think the industry is like at for more independent creators like that that's how i find the majority of the comics that i'll, I'll want to read yeah. is through through kickstarter um and less so like through the uh, like a previews world kind of uh weekly pull list okay yeah well and, and i i think to me um discounting that sort of comic or or comics that are digital only or any of that kind of stuff like is being disingenuous if you're talking about the comic book industry right because the comic book industry is evolving that that, i think that's like the same argument of being like you shouldn't consider like a netflix movie for an oscar because it's a netflix movie and it you know what i mean like it's like it's arbitrary in my mind anyway where something is released or or whatever doesn't have singles is it a book like is Scott Pilgrim or a, a collection of manga any less a comic because it's not a single? Like, no. Like, however people are buying and reading comics, that's that's part of the market. Yeah, you know? the, f- the format um, doesn't matter. The medium matters. Right, exactly. And yeah. I think Kickstarter is a, is a huge fucking deal in 2019 for comics, and it has been yeah. for a while. But I think it's more and more significant as the interest in comics increases because there are a lot of people in the last, you know decade we'll say that have been turned on to comics that don't really care about superheroes 
like Marco, you know, and they'll read a superhero comic from time to time, but they're interested in indie shit. And most of the time, those people start with Image and then fan their way out and look at new stuff. And we're seeing that there, there's a there's a market there. Black Mass didn't exist a few years ago, and they've had a few Eisner winning comics now, and now they're a contender. And I think like we're only going to see that part of the market continue to grow. But what's cool is that they said that like it didn't actually negatively affect comic book stores. Like that backbone of the market is still there. It's just every other part of the market is also growing, and that's hugely important. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing. I think, like, aside from just the it's making more money overall, great. But the fact that the market is diversifying without shrinking in other places—that's sustainability. So here they have the break the sales breakdown. Um, comic book stores accounted for five hundred and ten million of the uh, one point nine five billion. Uh, book channels accounted for 465 million. That's really high. You're talking about, you know, bookstores. You're talking about like Scholastic stuff like that. That's a high, high number. Um, digital download was 100 million. I'm surprised that that's where it is. And then other channels was 20 million. Other channels I take to mean like Kickstarter and stuff like that. I w- I wonder if that includes Patreon and like like, like web comics and stuff. Like web, yeah. Oh yeah. They could, and then either way, that's that's a pretty significant chunk of money for what is probably primarily independent books. Graphic novels accounted for six hundred and thirty-five million of the total, with comic books accounting for three hundred and sixty million, like floppies, I guess. Yeah, that's that's significant. That's killing me. I'm like not super surprised by that. Yeah. Look at how many people even on this panel of 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 just us are trade waiters that buy graphic novels and don't fuck with singles. Or like and even the like the, the price point is uh, is different too, which accounts for a larger yeah, percentage. If you buy if you buy a volume one of an image book, it's ten dollars, which right. is a way, way smaller investment than buying all five or six issues at, you know, three or four dollars. So the other the last thing that I wanted to point out that's that I feel like is really interesting is that if you look at the last, you know, six years of, of, of sales, uh six, seven years, twenty twelve comics sold eight hundred and five million. And every year after that, with the exception of twenty seventeen where it dipped from from the twenty sixteen and twenty fifteen number, we've been going up. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a good sign. I mean, people have talked about, you know, price points being higher as accounting for that on some level and that that's probably the case, but I don't think that you can dismiss these kind of numbers. Well, that's also not so what? Like that to me that's not like um that's not really a super relevant point to bring up because all media gets more expensive as time goes on because of inflation, you know, like, and granted, in some cases, it's because they become more expensive to make. Um, but you can make the argument that as comic books become a more niche product, they do become more expensive to make. You need to charge more to make what you need to make for them to be a viable business model. And, you know, like in the world of like video games or movies, ticket prices or video games that get more expensive 
because they co- cost more to make. But like movie ticket prices have been inflated because less people go to the movies or did for a while. And also companies take bigger cuts. So theaters need to charge more. So it's like, it's just the realities of business, right? Like comics at some point need to get more expensive. They can't tr- cost what they cost in 1950, you know? Right. It's just how it works. Absolutely. I mean, they should, but... I mean, it would be great, yeah. But <laughs> if we all just made more money every year and nothing got more expensive, but <laughs> it's the exact opposite. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But happy to report at any rate that comics are doing well. I like it. It's, it's great news. Know? That's huge. Yeah. When, uh, one thing I would point out there, too, is the... Uh, you said that the... Um, was it the bookstore component of it? Yeah. Was would you say that number again? I have it. It's so the comic stores was five hundred and ten million and book channels were four hundred and sixty five million. That's your that's your all ages market right there. True. What's, yeah. What's, um, what's troublesome about that though is that borders went out of business within the last decade and from my Surface level understanding is that Barnes and Noble isn't doing super great. People have been saying that for years, though, and Barnes and Noble's still around. So, but, but book channels could also mean Amazon or yep. um, Walmart too, though. You know, so like they say book channels, they don't say like bookstores. What's interesting is, and I, I know you're ready to move on, Sean, but if uh, just. Kale asking that if you look at the the graph it has the buy channel across time that's yep. gone up every single year um comic book store volume has actually gone down a little bit since 2016 but the bookstore numbers have been steadily increasing since 2014 and i think as to kale's point in addition to the all ages market it's the casual market yep it's people and, are getting turned on from the movies or whatever and i think that speaks to the graphic novel numbers as well mm-hmm. for sure well, and I think also you got to think in the last, like since 2014, that was when Image really doubled down on being like, we're going to sell these volumes and that's where they make a lot of their money. So you got to think that probably has influenced those numbers a little bit too. That was probably, that was probably right around 2012 when the trend started going up. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Which is funny because that's also the year Avengers came out. <laughs> I think it's like all probably oh, yeah. like all of these factors led to the market growing the way that we're seeing it, you know? Because the MCU was like a big deal, but it wasn't a all-time best-selling movie deal until Avengers. And I think you did kind of see the conversation change a little bit. The other, um, the other interesting thing is DC has definitely paid attention to this on their own because they've been talking about the book market a lot. And you know we've like heard years now. we've heard about the shift that they're doing towards putting out more books, you know, proper books, uh, books with with pictures that aren't necessarily comics, comics marketed directly towards teens and younger people. So they're, I, I mean, they're they're right on the they're right on the precipice of this thing, and that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good on their part. I, I'm I'm happy to see that. So. Uh, I do want to move on and talk about some new series that we're getting, television series at that, based on Marvel properties. So, and, and this is this is an interesting one. So we've learned that Marvel Television, not Marvel Studios, will be releasing 
two new shows. One of them is called Ghost Rider, and the other one is called Hellstrom. Both will debut on Hulu in 2020. So, Ghost Rider is going to be based on Robbie Reyes, who is the version of Ghost Rider that appeared on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. We I don't... believe the most... Go ahead. Uh, sorry, the most recent Ghost Rider in terms of the comic. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, current... Scene. The current Ghost Rider and the one that was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So... That's that's that. Uh, and then Hellstrom is going to focus on Damien Hellstrom, who, you know, some of us, most of us have probably seen somewhere in the comics. Maybe can't say exactly where. Uh, but that's these are these are two pretty interesting characters. And it's weird that they're it's a it's weird that they're choosing them, even though they are interesting. But B, it's weird that Marvel television is still a thing. I mean, Shield has no uh, no signs has shown no signs of slowing down at, at this point. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I guess the reason why I say that it's weird that they're still a thing is because Marvel Studios is now making television shows. So why is there not integration yet still between these two factions? It feels like that seems there strange. should. There should be integration at this point. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., as Kale said, no signs of slowing down. It does do well, but it's the only example that I can think of of a Marvel television show that has done really well. The Netflix shows count, but those are on Netflix. Um, And even then, look at where they're at now. Marvel Studios has the sauce. Why aren't they producing all content that comes out under the Marvel banner? I think this feels like something that, like, it's a decision that was made a long time ago, and, like, we're, we just haven't seen the full ramifications of how the deal evolved. Because I think when they first bought Marvel, they were like, yeah, it makes sense to probably have a movie division and a TV division. And, you know, like, without the full expectation that they would, like, fully cross over or that they would have a streaming platform at some point that Kevin Feige and co. would be able to make really high-quality stuff for or, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they did those things and even, like, when they first were making the Netflix shows, like, the implication was that they were in the MCU and then Kevin Feige was kind of like, well, no, like, they are, but they're not and, you know, like, they're not going to play by the same rules and everything and it just it just feels like the business decision and the structuring was made before the con- we knew what the content would be, you know, or before they knew how it would intersect or how successful it all being connected would be, you know, and how relevant that would be moving forward. So I found um, some little piece of information. Um, it says at the end of August 2015, Marvel Entertainment's film subsidiary Marvel Studios was integrated into the Walt Disney Studios, leaving Marvel te- Television and Marvel Animation under Marvel Entertainment and CEO Isaac Perlmutter's control. So they're under two separate houses right now. Well, yeah, that, that we kind of know, but that's that's, why like they're able to operate like separately and why they would continue to be doing this with, with Hulu. Right. Cause it's not technically under the, it's technically under the umbrella, but not under like the, uh, the executional side of it. Right. That it also makes sense why there's been resistance on the Marvel Studios end 
to really integrate these shows because I guess they don't have control over them. Control, yeah, right. And that's the whole reason this whole thing's been so successful is that they've had very tight control. That's very interesting. I think too, especially early on, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about like uh, actors working contracts. Like you know, the reason we never saw Captain America at, uh, in Shield is because like if you put him in a season or whatever, and you make a story with him, he's going to be on an extra uh, an extra show for an extra amount of time that is going to be very stringent depending on chris evans other projects at the time and if those conflict with the marvel you know the the marvel studios projects that's gonna uh you know bring the slow everything down also they could not be in his contract like if he's only contracted for a certain number of movies he's like i don't want to do a fucking tv show yeah you know because like they had valkyrie in an episode right like wasn't that the thing uh it, it was a uh, sith okay right 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 and and also, with the the way that the Marvel Studio shows are shaking out, these are separate contracts. So they actually reached out to those actors and and forged separate contracts that don't intersect with the film contracts that they have with them. So it's it, you know there's a lot of reasons why they may not have wanted to sign a contract with say Chris Evans to appear on Agents of Shield. That's a lot of money you'd have to shell out to have an actor like that appear on your television show for even one episode. It makes a lot more sense when you're trying to push a streaming service to sign some of these actors to appear on your show for a very limited basis. So all the D- the Disney Plus shows are going to be six to eight episodes. So if you can give, if you can grab Elizabeth Olsen. Right to appear on her own show on Disney Plus, that's cool because that's going to f- cost people who just saw Endgame six months ago to say, "I want to pay to see more Scarlet Witch." I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and those sh- those shows can cost more money because there's a higher return on them. Because if if somebody subscribes for the year, they paid seventy bucks for that season of television, you know. Um, effectively, but then that audience sees that that show is called WandaVision and they say, "You know what? Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna you know here probably next week talk about what we see the future of the MCU being, and I can't wait to dive into what I think about that show. But um, yeah, just just interesting stuff. I'm not. I don't. I don't have Hulu. I don't really care, to be honest, about a Ghost Rider or Damien Hellstrom show. I think a Ghost Rider show could be cool under the right circumstances. But the truth is that I don't have any confidence at all that this show will do what it would take to make me interested in a Ghost Rider show. No Nick Cage, no deal. (laughs) By all accounts, though... Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, as well as Shield. Um, Cloak and Dagger's not on Hulu, though, is it? Isn't that somewhere else? No, uh, he's just. I think it, it's Freeform. It's Freeform. I think he's but just. I think. I think. I think it does end up on Hulu. Sure. I, I. I would have to. Yeah. Double check that. It's, it's but, not a Hulu show. Right. Um, 
my point is that you know they do well and and i think uh you know the 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 ground is similar to netflix you know they're they're using it as a a bit of a a playground to see what sticks you know um and uh, you know uh, with disney owning some of hulu now why not yeah right it just seems like a like a good way to leverage some of these other ip that they don't necessarily want to like devote mcu levels of budget to yeah exactly yeah i don't know we'll see it's just weird i'm at a weird place with with some of these shows because like i didn't watch season three of or two of luke cage and iron fist and you know i never ended up watching runaways and i just you know i don't i don't know that i'm interested in in either of these shows because i'm not super invested in either of these characters you know um if i hear that they're amazing runaways is good uh, yeah i heard it was and i think i'd like it you know it's it's more my kind of superhero story um but you know i only have so much time i'm not super motivated to watch like 13 hours of tv shows right now i i will say that um even though like even though the marvel television shows haven't grabbed me um the marvel studio shows i'm very very much looking forward to and i think that we're at a point at least i'm at a point where I don't care about these characters unless they're on premium subscription services because that's where they're going to really put the money behind them. Like Agents of Shield, I rem- I watched it and it it just came across as budget. Comp- like when you can go to the theaters and see Avengers and then come home and watch Agents of Shield, it's like, okay, I just saw Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. I don't want to see Phil Coulson, you know, and then those other characters who don't have any powers don't do anything cool. It just, I don't know, just not for me. Yeah, I feel that. But that being said, do you guys realize that there's still another season of Jessica Jones on the way? I know. It's, I had that thought the other day. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess I'll watch that. <laughs> like, I, you know, I really like the first season. You'll be the only one. Yeah, man. I didn't care for either season. I mean, the second season was bad. I really didn't like it. If I if I get into season three and it's not good, yeah, I'm not going to finish it. It's so just, I'll watch it. It's just weird to me that they've already eulogized the entire thing. And there's still another season coming out. Isn't there another season of uh, Punisher too? No, no, that was it. Just got that. Oh, they did cancel it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it, it already came out. No, yeah. season two came. Season out. Season two, yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, oh, that okay. came out. We we did a review. <laughs> <I wouldn't know. laughs> so we we mentioned earlier Avengers Endgame, the juggernaut that it is, uh, basically trashing the three new movies that came out this week um but how big is this movie actually so far uh it opened with 357 million domestically last weekend which uh is the second the second biggest or was the first the, the biggest weekend of all time i'm pretty sure yeah, you know, it's all right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a better. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then it's probably going to do the the biggest second weekend of all time as well. Whoa, whoa, man! I don't I don't know about that. The Intruder, okay? <laughs> the Intruder. That was the hey, only man. name of those movies I remember you mentioning. <laughs> if I had, uh, if I had. What's that thing? AMC movie, um, movie pass. Stubs. Movie Not pass. Stubs. The movie the pass. Movie pass. If I had movie pass, I would definitely go see The Intruder on Tuesday. If I had movie pass, I'd go see all those movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, this movie is an absolute juggernaut, and um, it's actually. I'm pretty sure this is still accurate. This is an article from a couple of days ago. Only a couple of days ago. It passed the original Avengers to reach number six on the all-time list. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's just because it's a much better movie. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about that in our next segment. It might be. Maybe it's not. We'll see. But uh, this movie is destroying its competition it's probably going to pass jurassic world which is somehow fifth that uh, that inflation. shocks me is it really it, it is what inflation. the fuck it's, it's just fucking inflation Inf- no this is a this is adjusted for inflation phil uh, is that true isn't it I yeah because i i believe anyway i don't know what list sean is looking at but generally when they do the top list it's adjusted for inflation because titanic still always near the top uh, well, that came out. I don't know if ago. this is if this particular list is adjusted for inflation or not, but yeah, it, um, it, it, it isn't. I'm looking at the top grossing movies of all time adjusting for inflation. Yeah, it's not. So yeah, but this is this is monumental. Um, I I figured it would do this well. Didn't expect it would necessarily do as, 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 as like record breaking like numbers like great. this. Yeah, yeah. all time great. Um, one of the things about this movie, though, is that a lot of people are actually going to see it again. It's retaining its mm-hmm. audience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have any of yeah, us seen it again? Go... I haven't, but I have plans to go see it again. Yep. Same. So, likewise. Uh, I, I, I was actually kind of good after watching it the first time. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, and and I really Detective liked Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu comes out this weekend. That's my end game. So oh, that's true. Well, yeah, I feel you. I, yeah, I'm more I, excited for the crossover sequel of that movie. I'd like Super a review of that, of that toilet. Super uh, Smash! <laughs> no, no, the, the Sonic Chew movie. Well, the, well, they're they're starting the Smash Brothers cinematic, cinematic universe. universe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can't wait for that. The tenth movie, we find out that God was a small child all along. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but you're like, oh, that's why they played Gangster's Paradise in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> this kid likes to fucking rock out. <laughs> I, I know we're getting way off topic, but I found on Twitter there was someone that found a fucking AMV video of someone taking Sonic footage and put Gangster's Paradise behind it, and it was from like 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's how they. That's the inspiration for this fucking trailer, dude. I respect that. It's it's AMC premiere, by the way. Which thank yeah. you. So since this- since we're so off topic, uh, Marco, I caught that flush down the jams uh, idea, and I uh, would like to acknowledge it. And yes, I will be doing that. I appreciate so, it. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the uh, adjusted for inflation list, and so far, Avengers Endgame is sitting at 74. Wow! Holy yeah. Can you can you link that because that's boxofficemojo.com. I'll send it over to you guys. 
That's fascinating. Yeah, I would love to check that list out. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. But uh, you know, we're we're talking numbers. We're talking where things rank. We are going to rank these movies and tell you guys uh, what the actual ranking should be. Forget you know Rotten Tomatoes. Forget box office mojo or whatever forget all those websites we're only concerned with ourselves and yeah. pals definitive mathematically found list that's <laughs> we right we are gonna sell one million issues of marvel comics the comics pals we're pretty conceited okay that's right so uh here comes our our big old list damn i was really hoping you were gonna say here comes the pain <laughs> here, here comes Just the bring money. it! <laughs> money, 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 money. Ching, ching, bling, bling. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and did the thing that everyone else was doing, but we did it way later because that's our style. And we put together a list of. <laughs> Our, our rankings of each of, of uh, each of the Marvel movies that have come out so far, everyone that comprises the Infinity Saga, we put it together for you guys. Of course, this list, uh, each individual list is just based on, you know, the movies that we like. And there's some pretty interesting observations that I'm going to point out on, on each of our lists. Oh, I better get mine up then, so I know what <laughs> so yeah, to defend same, myself with. Same thing, yeah, yeah, that's what I was. I was doing that right now too. Uh, so there is there is a a comics pals list that I put together. Okay, uh, cool. Basically, it's a top. It's a top ten. I don't. I didn't feel like going through all twenty two. There's no reason for that. It's a top ten, and the way the scoring. Well, we got, I want to know who. I want to know the bottom five. <laughs> who cares? Look at look at all of our lists. The bottom five are the same. They get, oh, trust yeah. me. No, no not true. really, but pretty much. Like there, there are a couple <laughs> of movies that are on everybody's bottom five. But we're gonna get into all that. I've got the observations. Okay. All right. So all right, hit me. So hit me shot. Uh, the way that the scoring works and how I arrived at the top ten that I arrived at, I'll explain right now. Uh, essentially, I took everybody's top ten. So if a movie appears in your top ten, it gets a point. And it gets one point for every for every number further than ten. It is so ten is one point, and so on and so forth. One is ten points, uh, and and from there. And I just looked at like so if if for example Thor: The Dark World was all of our number one, then that movie would get fifty points. Got it. That, okay. That's how it, that's how it works. Okay, so that's number one. Yes, ah, <laughs> with a bullet. <laughs> um all right so the first thing i want to do is just point out some things that i find to be interesting so this is this is a softball but uh marco and kale only listed 21 movies because they have a Wait, gap what yes uh marco you didn't list captain america the first avenger yes i did no Captain America. It's right under. Yeah, it was right under Winter's. Unless maybe I didn't type it to you. Yeah, I think I. I don't have that. I only have twenty-one oh, movies shit. from you. It's supposed to be in between Winter Soldier and Ant Man. So it's supposed to be okay. So it's supposed uh, to be number ten. It's supposed to be number ten. Yeah. Oh, that changes the fucking. Oh. So you shit. fucked up the ranking. <laughs> it actually doesn't. It, it doesn't impact things too much. But uh, okay, there's that. 
And uh, that's the first interesting thing that Sean found in the data was that it was incomplete, (laughs) (laughs) incorrect. (laughs) And Kale Kale didn't list Spider-Man: Homecoming, but as he's made very clear, he never saw that movie. Right, but Baby Driver would be very high on this list if it was in the MCU. That would probably be the number one movie on this list. Oh, by far. Yeah, I'm. Cu- I'm. I'm curious. Did you guys just list like write them all down and then just rank them in one? Because what I did was I broke it out by phase and then ranked my favorite within each phase and then from oh. there compiled it into one. That's insane. So I actually, I actually used a uh, an app that I showed with sh- I shared with Sean like a few weeks ago privately. Um, it's called Sorta dot app and they have a quiz for the MCU films and what they basically do is they they give you two at a time. So it's like, do you like this movie or this movie, this movie or this movie? And then it makes a ranking for you. And then I just went in and checked it and was like, are there any of these that I disagree with? And um, I might have moved like one or two, but for the most part, I just went with that because it felt more honest. And I, you know. Well, thanks for uh, sharing with the rest of the group. I I forgot, to be honest. That was a while ago. I just wrote down. It was. It was like weeks ago. I just wrote down the movies I liked like a normal person. Ditto. I so my my thing was I I I put down the release order because that that helps me visualize it, and then I watched all of the trailers to kind of remind myself of oh, everything. That's a good idea. That oh, was I was coming. that was a good idea. I thought um, you were going to say I, you watched all the movies. I was like, Jesus Christ! I think Kale will be like, aside from Phil, he's the least likely to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I respect that you acknowledged my unwillingness to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, okay, so some other some other observations here. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron appeared in everyone's bottom five, except yeah. for one person. Phil. Ooh, was it me? I don't. We're know. We're not going to know who it is until <gasps> we get to. The, Holy shit! Until yeah. we get closer to the rank. That be that to means the end game. Shut up. <laughs> that means it's in someone's <laughs> top ten. That means it's in someone's top ten. That's what I'm hearing right now. It does mean that, yes. Jesus. It does mean that. It does mean that. Kale, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> no, dog. no, no. That's a Sean take. That's a yeah. Sean take. Yeah. We'll see. That's. I'll put it out there. Avengers Age of Ultron is my least favorite Marvel movie by a lot. What? But it's, it's my second least favorite. If I, if I could have put it in... 30th place i would have when you guys pitched that it was in someone's bottom five and you all said me i was like oh maybe i made it number six on the bottom i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what i what i don't understand is how thor the dark world is only the worst movie according to pete and i that should be a unilateral opinion I don't know how that isn't a unilateral opinion. Uh, I feel like that's such an objective <laughs> truth. Like, it's, that movie is so fucking bad. It's in my it's like, bottom regardless three. Of I don't know. Yeah. Would you second. hate more than it? Uh, I don't remember what I wrote, but definitely Iron Man <laughs> 2 springs to mind. It's it's second to last on mine. It's number 20 on, on mine. I think Iron Man 2 <laughs> is a lot more fun than Thor The Dark World. That movie's joyless. Yeah, the, I totally agree. I don't remember anything from Thor to the Dark World, like, at all. Yeah. 
It's because it's super unmemorable because everybody yeah. feels like it's. It feels like you're trapped in a tense room and nobody wants to be there. Nobody's having a good time. Char- actors who I know have chemistry together feel like it's 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 horrible. It's a horrible movie. I don't remember anything from that film whatsoever. And the only reason Avengers Two is below it is because I had a visceral. Because you remember how much you hate it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, well, all right. Fair here's, enough. Here's a fun thing. I don't hate a single MCU movie. I think at worst, it's mediocre. Thor 2 is the only one that I think is like objectively bad. Like I think even the other ones I don't like are like, yeah, I agree with you. Like they're, they're fine. All right. That's obvious. But I walked out of Thor 2 and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> uh and and there are some pretty big disparities in terms of enjoyment of movies that I'm I'm very interested in. I'll point out one here just for the sake of it. Uh so um Guardians 2. So <laughs> Kale has Guardians 2 at number 18, but Phil Ooh, has my- Guardians 2 at number 2. What? <laughs> holy holy crap. <laughs> that movie whipped, dude. And, and I'm with shit. Kale because I have you Guardians 2. No, that that movie didn't whip. <laughs> I actually have it at number 18 as well, Kale, so we're Really? We're on the same side. Uh, well, that was kind of in the middle of my pack. Uh, so yeah, same. Yeah, for so kind of the way I did my list, um I I really went by what I felt was like the movies I felt like really did something for the character as well as like stuff I remembered and then enjoyed. And um, I just felt like guardians two didn't do anything. Uh, I mean, if, if, if you want, I'll go to bat for it. Cause it's great. Let's not I don't uh, <laughs> because I'm not interested in your opinion. So, all right, well, that's why I asked first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think, I think that, Based on our list, the most average movie is Doctor Strange. That's chill. I think. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I guess I, had, I see that. I think I had it. I think Doctor Strange is like the best of the okay Marvel movies. <laughs> I think I think I had that as number ten on my list. Ten or eleven was up there. Yeah, for you, Doctor Strange was ten. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's one of the better ones, I think. All right, good for you. Um, cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank so, you. <laughs> all right. So, you guys ready for the list? Yeah, let's go. We start from the ten. We're gonna start from ten. Actually, okay, yeah. actually, what I'm gonna do before that is I'm gonna tell you that for me, that the the biggest outlier, the movie that made the biggest jump of all of our lists is actually Age of Ultron on my list. I have Age of Ultron at number six. That's fucking... Wow. I I am so confused. (laughs) I really, really love Age of Ultron. I just watched it again the other day in preparation for Endgame. And I know it gets a lot of hate. I don't care what people think. I really enjoy it. I love Ultron as a character. I'm a big fan. I think that the way he was utilized was pretty good in the movie. Um, 
I had a blast. It was a lot of, it's a fun movie. There's a lot of enjoyment. Uh, the first scene, the opening scene where the Avengers are together is awesome. There's just a lot to love for me. Scarlet Witch. I, I, I feel like if you had calculated this list with number one getting 22 points, uh, that it would radically change uh, the top 10 because I feel like uh, some of our outliers would tank uh, the overall ranking of it. Well, wait. I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Saying that, like, say Thor Dark, Thor of the Dark World is everyone's number one. It was like some of us had it at number one, so that'd be 22 total points for that person, but then it'll be one point for the person that had it last, for instance. You're saying if we did, like, the whole, whole yeah. movie list. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then count on the top ten of those. For some reason, I'm lost, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to truck along. Can I can I ask a, yeah. a question real quick? Yeah. Was there anything on any of these lists that really just blew you away? Well, other than the fact that Age of Ultron is number six on my list, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest one. <laughs> one of the things that surprised me was how little love you guys have for Iron Man, the first. Oh, one. Yeah, I liked it. It was higher on my list. I think it was number eleven. Yeah, I'm saying I'm surprised that it it didn't. It's not it, higher than that. Yeah, that it wasn't higher. Uh, it didn't crack the top ten for anyone but me. Uh, yeah, I think I yeah, had like yeah. fourteen or something. Fifteen it was down there. It it started there for me, um, but because I was watching the trailers as I progressed through the trailers and stuff, I was like, "There's a lot of stuff that I like a lot more." Yeah, I, like like now. Yeah. I may be suffering from recency bias because I did also just watch Iron Man again, and I loved it. I really had a great time watching it, so maybe that's where that's yeah, no, coming I, from. I think there's a chance that this list would be different if I had rewatched all these movies before doing it. You know, like I'm trying to do it based on like, like trying to be objective and, you know, I, I don't know. I feel very comfortable with my opinions on this because I was never very crazy about Phase 1 or Phase 2 in the MCU. And it wasn't until Phase 3 that I was sold, so. All right. So, actually, how about how about this? How about this? Do you guys want to do each of us give our top five and then we'll give the, the, the actual top ten? Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. All right. Kale, go first. All right. So, uh, I guess I'll go. we'll go backwards. Uh, so five for me was uh, Captain America: Civil War. Oh, um, me too. For me, I thought that that was a better Avengers movie than most of the Avengers movies. Yep. <clears throat> uh, but that said, I have Avengers one at number six. So um, four for me was Guardians. Um, I I thought that one uh, that blew me away with the the creativity and the the hard turn it takes from everything else in in uh the mcu and frankly what it does for everything else at the time in in cinema uh two and uh three is uh black panther uh only marginally beaten by uh thor three i just like thor three better and uh my number one is uh cap two uh the winter soldier um, for me, I think that's the film that does the most for Captain America. I think it's the uh, it's the film that cements what a Captain America in the 21st century 
is and what his his purpose is. So very good, <clears throat> Pete. Sure. Uh, so at number five, I had Avengers Endgame. Wow. Um, yeah, that might be a recency bias thing, but I, you know, I, I definitely think that Endgame for me was. Um, it was just a really satisfying conclusion, and I think there were a lot of ways it could have went wrong. There are a lot of ways that, you know, it trying to put a cap on, you know, 20 other movies while also, like, keeping things moving. Like, there was a lot of chances for failure, and, like, it really landed for me, you know? And um, I, I think it I think it is one of the top-tier movies, and in some ways it's because... It does a lot of good fan service, but I think it's because it was earned and because it handled so many of those moments so well um, that I, I just have to I had to give it the big ups. Um, so for number four, I had Avengers uh, for a long time. This was my favorite MCU movie. And, you know, um, obviously there's some mixed opinions about it on, on this uh, <laughs> this panel of people. But um, I I think there there isn't any moment i feel like hit me as hard across the mcu as sitting in the theater waiting for avengers to start and getting to see that movie for the first time you know like that to me um felt like the culmination of of so much and it's so funny to look back on it now and think that in a lot of ways it was really just the beginning um yeah but yeah that that movie like really really struck a chord with me um, when I saw it for the first time. And every time I go back and watch it, I'm reminded of why I like it so much. Uh, at number three, I had Captain America Civil War. Um, I totally agree with what Kale threw down. I think it's a better Avengers movie um, than even the Avengers. You know, like that airport fight scene is fantastic. It's usage of Spider-Man and Ant-Man for like such a little amount of time, but how like much it crushed introducing those characters to the broader group that we already knew and already like knew each other um yeah i mean that movie is just fucking good and the emotional beats that it takes uh with tony and steve are also really good and feel earned you know um because there had always been tension between those characters but seeing like you know the way that the whole cat bucky tony triad plays out and the betrayal um that iron man feels like you know that that there's some really really strong elements to that film um at number two i had winter soldier i still think winter soldier might be like on an execution level my favorite mcu movie i think it's just shot really well and it's it's tight it it was like a really it was a needed change, I think, in the MCU at the time. And it was one of the early movies that was an example of being like, see, like, the MCU can get away from just, like, the quote-unquote superhero origin movie genre and do something that felt more like a spy thriller. And, you know, I think we saw that confidence evolve over time. Um, but I, I really think Winter Soldier is still a movie that, that stands out. Um, and it's one of the ones that I think of as being, like, totally essential. Uh, and then at number one, I had Avengers Infinity War. Um, and this was one that kind of surprised me to be my number one pick. But um, the more I thought about it, because obviously, like I said, I did that kind of list that was generated and it ended up at the top. And when I tried to think about moving it, I was like, you know what? Like, 
I like this movie for the same reason that I like uh, Empire, you know, in, in the original Star Wars trilogy, where it's that, like, you know, all of these movies are about triumph and and victory and, and the hero succeeding and um, seeing, like, how that movie was able to bring all those character moments together and give you so much, like of what you expect from an MCU movie in terms of like the levity and, and the quippiness and the, the character interactions that you were waiting for. What stands out is the loss is the drama and like the, the way that Thanos stood out among all of these other characters who we've rooted for, for so much longer. Um, and yeah, it just, I think, I think it, it really is unique in that way. And it, you, you needed that for, for Endgame to be as satisfying as it was, and for that to really feel like a good ending to all this buildup. All right. Um, so, Marco, go ahead. So, for me, um, as I mentioned, it was it was Captain America: Civil War at number five as well, uh, and I agree with everything that you know Pete and Kale laid out. Four was Black Panther. Um, this movie just. The story arc and, and the narrative behind uh, for Killmonger and and uh, and T'Challa it just it was super engaging and so um, the um, three was Avengers Endgame actually and this wow more more than anything probably it's a recency bias but I think it's just I, I had a blast with it like I I had a lot of fun and um uh, I mean you can hear my thoughts on the uh on the review but it was just a really fun movie and i had uh, a really good time with it and so th- this surprised me um just because you know i i was looking through the rest of the, of the list and i'm just like nah man like this this just stuck out um two for me is thor ragnarok it's such a good movie super super fun and i, I think that's where i was going with a lot of these is just like the most fun that i had had um and just like Pete, Infinity War is number one too. Hell yeah, brother! Yeah, man, it's just it's a fucking good movie. Awesome, it's got it all. Yep. Phil. All right, coming in at number five with a bullet is Shane Black's Iron Man three. Who could forget okay. the Immortal Classic? I Come certainly on. can't. Number Boo. four is Avengers because obviously Joss Whedon's a great filmmaker. Uh, three is Thor. Oh, I see what's World. going on. <laughs> Can you can you just get to the realist? We sat through the first one. It didn't land. <laughs> uh, number five, I put Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, this was the first time I think Marvel had put out a uh, like very good movie instead of just a good movie. Uh, I think Kale's point about what it does for Steve Rogers is true. It's it still holds up. It's very good. Number four, I put Black Panther. This is another movie that feels like it is actually teetering on being like a great movie instead of just a good movie. The only thing that I think holds this movie back is the climax is just uh, kind of generic and unsatisfying. The final interaction between Killmonger and uh, T'Challa is really good, but the actual fight scenes just kind of glazed my eyes over. But the, the actual story is really good. Killmonger is a really compelling antagonist. The music's dope. It's it's a really good movie. Uh, number three, I have Guardians of the Galaxy. 
this feels like a director's movie. Uh, James Gunn, for all his controversy, uh, is a distinct filmmaker. Uh, and with number two, which is Guardians of the Galaxy number two, volume two, uh, the indelible difference that these two movies have from the rest of the MCU uh, make them actually feel like they stand out from a lot of blase. Uh, and number one with a bullet. I think the best movie they ever did was Infinity War. Uh, wow. wow. Uh, Thanos is, a, I think, an antagonist that will go down with any antagonist in film history. Uh, he is fleshed out. I think a big reason why not only Endgame works, but Infinity War works, is that Infinity War is treated as the Thanos movie. It is... All the Avengers take a backseat for this character to be fleshed out and to be developed. And it works very well. Josh Brolin is very good. And the tone alone is very distinct from the rest of the MCU. And it is unsurprisingly uh, in everyone's top five here except Kale. Which is, I'm not saying that it being not in Kale's top five is surprising, but like clearly it had an impact on most of us. Just to uh, clarify, so Phil, two and three were both Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardi- uh, three was one and two was two. Yeah, the reason for that is I now I get to actually flush out this opinion. I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 did a lot to actually develop these characters more and their interactions as a group and as a dysfunctional family, and I really appreciated that. It was a more character and it was more a character driven movie. So uh, I went with, uh, at number five, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. This movie really changed the game, and I think it is the point at which the Marvel movies took it to the next level in a lot of ways. It was fun until this point, and at this point it got real, and it got real, real good. Uh, Winter Soldier was just the Terminator in this movie, and I thought that was an awesome way to present that character. Uh, I went with Captain America Civil War for number four. I enjoy this movie slightly more than Winter Soldier, not by much. I'm always going to be sold by, you know, bigger action, especially when the story is compelling. And I found the story to be really compelling. And even when you did have all this huge action at the core of it, there was a very personal story that I think they did really well. And this movie introduced Spider-Man. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, three, Black Panther. I don't know that I've had many other experiences that were this visceral in the movie theater. Uh, this movie really touched me on a lot of different levels. And, um, it, it, it was a real experience that I'll never forget. It's a fantastic movie, but what it means to me is deeper than even how good of a movie it is. Uh, Infinity Wars number two, I think. Oh. And the reason why I say I think is because I had a very hard time determining what I preferred between this and number one. Infinity War is a phenomenal movie. I think it's a it's a real achievement. I think overall the MCU has a lot of really good movies, but few great movies. And I think this is one of the greats. In fact, I think the movies that are in our top fives, for the most part, um, are great. And I think Infinity War, for the first time in the MCU anyway, showed us that the heroes could lose and they could lose big and that things could matter on a deep level. 
And, uh, I mean, it did a lot of things right. Phil, you know, said it very well. Uh, all you guys did that talked about it. And then at number one, and honestly, again, these two, you could probably swap them around on any given day. But at number one, I actually have Endgame. Wow. And I thought long and hard about this, and I chose Endgame because of the experience that I had watching it. I haven't seen it again. I've seen all the movies in my top five more than once except this one. So it's possible that there's some recency bias to it, but I enjoyed this movie immensely. I've never had a movie-going experience like this, jumping out of my seat. It felt like I was at a WWE event. Everybody was so hyped. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, they, they just gave us what we wanted, um, and that feels good. It feels good to get that and a great story, a great cap to the Infinity Saga, and uh, a movie that I, I'm sure that will stand the test of time and that I will enjoy many, many more times from now. So those are our individual top fives. And now I'm going to go through the official, cannot be disputed, top ten ranking for the Comics Pals MCU uh, Infinity Saga movies. Here we go. So coming in at number ten with seven points is Ant-Man. Yeah. Oh. All right. All right. I'm I'm good with that. That's cool. So <laughs> I I as I was doing my list, I was I was honestly surprised Ant Man didn't end up higher. Ant Man was number twelve on mine. Number seven. And I, for I, me. I I struggled with it. Seven for me as well. Nice. I had eleven. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Ant Man and and Kale really uh, Kale has it at number seven. So so do uh, I. Obviously enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. There you go. Um. At Ant-Man's great. Paul Rudd is the best part of the MCU. I said it. I love Paul Rudd, period. He's great. At number nine, with ten points, is Guardians 2. Oh, that's oh. me. That's basically just me. <laughs> and me. It was, it was, it was in my, uh, my top ten as well. Where'd you have it, Pete? At... I think I had it at number ten. Yeah, I think me having it too really lugged it into the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At number Woo! eight, with seventeen points, is Avengers, the original Avengers. Okay. So Solid. when I said if we calculated these movies on a full twenty-two point scale, it's because I would have dragged this thing down because I had it as my fourth worst movie. Really Very nice. Yeah. Uh. So. So number seven with twenty points. Actually, there's a tie here. Uh, there, there is a tie, so I have to I have to acknowledge that. So the tie is between Thor Ragnarok and Endgame, both at twenty oh. points. Wow. So uh, Endgame, I had at number twelve. Mm. Yeah, you brought I, it down. I, I had it at number nine, so I think I also contributed to bringing that down a bit. Uh, Ragnarok yeah. was like number. Well, oh, number 11 for me. So, hmm. If I didn't give Endgame number one, it probably wouldn't even be on this list. Or, well, That's it would have been. It would have been. It would just would have been very low. Um, so then after that, we have with 21 points, so slightly edging out the other two, is actually Guardians 1. Ah, number okay. six. Nice. I, yeah. Yeah. I have to imagine all of us had it in our top 10 somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. me. That, the I don't first think. Guardians is it in your top ten? It's in a it's number eleven. Okay. Mm. 
Yeah, mine was it was six on mine. But Same. I have I have Age of Ultron in my top ten. So what the fuck do I know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, preach. <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> next up is, with twenty seven points, so quite a bit of a jump is uh, Captain America: Civil War. What number is this mm-hmm. one on our list? Five, five, or five? Yeah, well, okay. I counted. I, I, even though there was a tie, like those are just uh, seven and six. So we're right. So this, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, this is four. Four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Um, Captain America: Civil War. I think this is all in our top ten, right? Civil War. I had six. Yes, yeah, has to be. Yeah. Um, next with just one more point at twenty-eight is Black Panther oh, as the third nice. best. It was yeah. I mean, it's fucking I, rad. That, that's pretty much what I think everybody had it at is number three, right? Three, it was four. A little lower on my list. Yeah. yeah, I had it at uh, eight. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, coming in hot with thirty-five points at number two is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mm. Hell yeah, that's solid. And this is a good list. Yeah, and I think we all know what number one is at this point, right, guys? Number one is very obvious: forty Thor points. The Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> 40 points more Not like quite. Thor, more like 40 points how could you forget Malekath guys it's actually so <laughs> that would be correct if Pete's list was swapped Pete has Thor the Dark World as the worst movie and Infinity War as the best movie which is correct according to our list we chose Infinity War as the best movie of the MCU at 40 points yeah. honestly I think that this list even though this is all a joke, I think that this list could stand toe to toe with any list. Like I think this is a hard list to dispute. It's I don't even feel like it's a joke. I feel like this is proven by math. This is the best list. Read this list again from top to bottom. All right, so just, just one more time. Uh, from top to bottom, we've got Infinity War number one, Captain America: Winter Soldier number two, Black Panther number three, Civil War number four. Guardians 1, number 5, Avengers Endgame, and Ragnarok tied for 6 and 7. Uh, Avengers number 1 at 8, Guardians 2 at 9, Ant-Man at 10. Honestly, I think if you had Guardians 2 off that list and Iron Man at number 10, that would be like such a representative quality list. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. This is the definitive list. Sean said it at the it outside of the episode. I think it's great. And you're trying to dispute it right now with your all guard bullshit. All right. <laughs> Them's fighting words. I live like two blocks from you now, Phil. I'll come over and beat your ass. Uh-oh. With a breadstick. <laughs> Drown you in unlimited soup. Yeah, but like a real breadstick. <laughs> so if you want to see our full lists of movies, if you want to see how we each ranked all these movies, if you want to see the definitive ranking of all the movies, you can go to our social media page, pages, I should say, at the Comics Pals, and you can check that out. Uh, we're not going to go over all that here. That would take a million years, but if you want to check that out again, you can go at the Comics Pals, and we'll have that posted for you guys. Um, it's up right now, so you can just go take a look 
and uh, post yours as well. We'd love to see your ranking. How do you break down these movies? You can give us your top 22 if you want. You can give us your top 10, top 5, whatever you feel is appropriate. Uh, swing on by our Gmail. That's the comicspals at gmail.com. And shoot us your list. You can do it on social media too if you want. As I said, we're at the Comics Pals over there. Hopefully you guys appreciate this. Of course, we'll do this again for whatever the next uh, saga ends up being in the MCU. Uh, if the it's world... Like 10 years. Yeah, in another 10 years if the world is still turning and uh, we're still alive and um, associated with each other. Then... And avenging. <laughs> Sorry? If we're still alive and avenging. Yes, yes. Uh, so we haven't pushed Kale out to sea at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, Kale's... As, like a, as, as like a firing thing, or because I've died. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've died. We're giving you a damn Viking funeral, my friend. That's yeah. yeah. Listen, that's fine. Because you're gonna prime my place in this in this group for my cold dead hands. <laughs> All right. So murder's the only solution, Pete. That's what we've learned. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> God damn you! You know that. Listen, you know the cops are gonna come right to your door, Pete, when they see a bunch of fucking uh, breadsticks around Kale's dead body. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go to touch the blood, and it's like, oh, it's marinara sauce. Mike, my, my man's been covered in gravy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's how it would be if I killed myself. No, 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 no. You, you don't understand. Gravy's another like Italian word. Italian gravy. Yeah. Yeah. This, apparently the cop in this story is also Italian <laughs> strangely I'm a big fan of the word gravy uh, it's a good word dude gravy's delicious the rest is I like gravy. to say it to mean we're good we're gravy yeah cause gravy's delicious yeah yeah absolutely uh, so <laughs> before we get out of here you guys I... wanna go split a turkey <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to shout out a couple of you know book clubs that we've got out there in the wild that you guys can check out. The Infinity Book Club, which has close ties to Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. You definitely want to check that out. Uh, we've got the Dark Phoenix Book Club. Is it out yet? No. No, no it's, it's coming out, out this month. A couple more weeks. Yeah, it's couple coming more out weeks. this month. We've got Hellboy. What else is out, guys? Help me out. What's out? Uh, uh, Spider-Man Captain Marvel, Venom. Captain Marvel and Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yes. Lethal Protector. Yes. So, quite a few book clubs out there. Go check those out. We really appreciate it. So, some plugs, Pete. Oh, that was an inopportune time for a burp. Thank you guys for joining us here <laughs> in another episode of the Comics Files. If you want to connect with me on social media, I'm at loud underscore Pete. Come talk to me about your top tens. I'd be interested to hear them. And uh, if you want to get some more content from me, you can find my work over at Lupots.com as well, where I uh, host a weekly Nintendo podcast and do some shit over there all about Nintendo. So if you like Nintendo, go there. Cool. Kale. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TotoInto. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWar.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Uh, where you will find my uh, the podcast I do with my wife, uh, Gone Global. My wife.com. Uh, my, my wife. Uh, we uh, had to take a, a little break, but we're back. And I, uh, with uh, coming back this week, I included two new episodes. Um, one is a, about a classic snack I shared with my grandfather, and the other is uh, uh, a historic 
stew from the shores of Liverpool. I swear to God, you do such a good job of selling this show. Because I'm like, how are those two things related? Let's find out. <laughs> uh, so you can find you can find Gone Global wherever you uh, get your podcasts. Marvelous, Marco. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Marco Animoto. Um, am I reading anything new? I'm not. So there's nothing for me that I will want you to talk to me for. Outside of like this stuff, I want you to tell me what your favorite Avengers movie is. Um, because if it's not Infinity War, then you're wrong. Then you're Thanks, fucking Marco. dead to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, Phil. Kale, what's the fucking treat you used to share with your grandfather? Was it a Brontosaurus burger? <laughs> like, I guess you'll have to find out. <laughs> you'll have to tune in to Gone Global. On this week's Gone Global. <laughs> Flush down the jam. Oh, no, 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 no. Please, please. Uh, uh, the one thing Sean didn't mention was what made our honorable mentions list, which surprisingly was The Incredible Hulk. Who saw that coming? Uh, also, I, I genuinely would be curious to know where you guys put it. Also, Iron Fist. <laughs> Well, uh, that nice wasn't it has no no heat fill. Wait, was that a tumbleweed that just went by? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear a crazy fact? This is unbelievable. I'm so mad I didn't realize this until now. This is crazy. Every what? single one of us ranked the Incredible Hulk in the exact same place. Oh, wow. 17. No yep, way. 17. 17? Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> wow, that's, that's so, so weird. weird. Amazing. Cool. Wow. wow. I, I, because I... I looked at it and was like, huh, interesting, because that's like the only real outlier film yep. in the whole MCU. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, very cool. Uh, <laughs> as for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about why The Incredible Hulk is actually the most underrated movie in the MCU. Hard agree. And with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye. Do you think the Incredible Hulk has a hard time getting his meter gas out? <laughs> I don't. I don't.